0: Welcome friends, Father of Atomic Bomb, biography of Robert Julius Oppenheimer. It's a biography created in 25 years by a research by two authors and uh, it is a culmination of triumph and tragedy of one of the greatest or the, one of the most notorious nuclear physicist or theoretical physicist of our century, Robert Julius Oppenheimer. Even the latest movie by Christopher Nolan, uh, the Hollywood director, that is based inspiration from this book. This book is released in 2005 and that is based on that. So this book tells about uh, Oppenheimer generally. We are not going to talk about the movie because I did not watch yet. I'm going to do that after this. But Oppenheimer, more than a scientist, he is a leader. He is a philosopher. He enjoys poetry and intellectual writings. He enjoys Hemingway. He even is too much fond of Bhagavad Gita when they have a Trinity Trust. Trinity Test, the first nuclear test happened he told that now i became the death the destroyer of the worlds so he copied from bhagavad Gita and mentioned that bhagavad Gita is a hindu scripture which is talking about a, a conversation between lord krishna and the prince arjuna so the book will talk about that the book name as you know it's american prometheus prometheus is a greek god who taken the fire from the gods and given to the mankind. So, this is somehow a metaphor which talks about similar thing, what Oppenheimer has done for us. So, I will go in detail to the book. Before I start, I will have to give you two topics mainly. First of all, the World War II especially, how it is being fought, what are the teams involved on it? Keep this in mind because this will be required. That is been fought between two powers, Axis powers and Allied powers. Axis powers are Germany, Italy and Japan. And the other side is uh, United States for sure later side, then Britain. Uh, Then we have uh, Russia, mainly Britain, Russia, France, China and United States, like five countries. Out of that, France and China was not that much involved. So that's how it's all started. We'll go in detail on the particular situation, but keep this in mind when you are going through the section of the book. It's a very big book, actually 800 page. We're trying to summarize it in as short as possible. Second point I have to tell is that this book is not going to make any judgment on a personality of Robert J. Oppenheimer. Uh, we can tell he is a destroyer of the world he made the skirt. same time he can, we can tell he fought for the country he do his duty so there is we have no attempt to make anybody glorious or vain glorious or notorious in any way so let's get started so the book has uh, 40 plus chapters so we are not going into chapter by chapter this time like we usually do instead i'll go through quickly about childhood and other parts as well. So, he was born in New York in America for the first and second generation German immigrants which is a Jewish family. So, he was born an affluent family. We'll, there are a lot of things talking about there. We'll go straight to his college days. He studied in Harvard which was something like an intellectual bazaar for him. He met a lot of people, including his god, Niels Bohr. So, there he spent, he was trying to understand which, the one of the speciality I understand from Oppenheimer is that he is, he is having an interest on wide array of topics, but he is not in depth of anything. There is an interesting book by, called Range by Mark Epstein Talk about similar thing, how the non specialist win on this world like that. So similar to that, Oppenheimer, he was trying to look at multiple topics and he ended up on chemistry and then he studied BA chemistry. But at the end, he told that, okay, I am interested in the physics inside the chemistry. So he just want to go major into physics further. So after Harvard which was something like an intellectual exposure to him, he go to UK to the Cavendish laboratory. He got a reference from his professor. Actually, the reference was to Rutherford, the famous scientist who have atomic model and all. But unfortunately, Rutherford rejected his reference or rejected taking him to the team. But luckily, he referred to J.J. Thompson, another scientist. So he worked there. He was studying actually. I cannot tell work there. He studied there for almost a year. After that, he was somehow having an internal intellectual conflict or depression or whatever it is. He was not able to cope up with that scenario. Because somehow, when we are in a in our our mindset is not aligned with something, we will have a stress and strain happening. Similar to things was there. So he left there and he went to Germany and Gottingen. There he was having a, a growth happening there that was somehow that 20th century the industrialization of steam engine in other words afterwards a new era of science was evolving even 1905 Albert Einstein was having a special theory of relativity and all later on they come to a problem of ultraviolet catastrophe I'm not going detail there but quantum mechanics somehow started in that period and Germany Especially in Göttingen, he has going to see a lot of people because most of the people who who contributed to quantum mechanics was from Germany. Max Planck, Albert Einstein, a lot of people there, Heisenberg. So, that time, even Albert Einstein, they call him, he was somehow an initially supporter for that. Later on, he told that he was opponent to that. They used to call that because he's old That's why it is quantum mechanics was somehow an young man's science. Most of the peoples was in 20 and 25 that time. So that period Oppenheimer published almost a dozen of papers including, so don't consider Oppenheimer as an administrator. I think most of, so I'm trying to put that point into perspective, he's a theoretical physicist or a scientist. He published on a theory of electron and protons, where he tried to mention that using Paul Dirac equation, he mentioned that there is a possibility of antimatter, anti-electron, which is a positron. Even Paul Dirac did not expect that much a complication of his own theory, and he opposed it, but Niels Bohr told it's not possible. But later on, after two years, Another scientist come up with a theory and he proved that, the possibility of a positron. So that that was somehow an intellectual uh, thriving. So he mentioned there. even I, he used to mention, as I previously mentioned, Niels Bohr as a god and Albert Einstein as a cuckoo like that. He used to mention that even they have spent later years in Princeton and all. He told Albert Einstein is somehow a landmark, not a beacon. He was somehow followed the traditions of all those classical mechanics and he culminated there. So that's how he was not able to get out of that. That was the thing. So that's something about a childhood of Oppenheimer. So he went back in 1929. He went back from Germany to United States again. He joined in University of California, Berkeley. And he was studying there. So that period... Somehow his interest begin to change. Because somehow that culminated to Great Depression as well. So Great Depression was somehow having an influence. He sees most people having jobless and they don't have a work and such things happening that time. So that gave him some exposure to communism. Soviet communism and all. He has a lot of friends including his later wife is a communist follower. Chevalier, there is a Chevalier affair and all which later come across as a problem. I will give you a quick summary what it is. Chevalier affair is when he was going to the join the atomic bomb project a day before they became a party and Chevalier his friend was telling that he find a way to transfer the atomic bomb information to Soviets. Somehow that was haunting him in the later period Oppenheimer especially. So that period Even he was some of the few person who was read all the volumes of Das Kapital, all the books of Lenin. So he was somehow intellectually following that. But he was not that much active into communism. But most of the people tried to put him under that that point. Later, in 1939, Soviet signed a non-aggression pact with Germany. But following that, Germany invaded Poland and World War II started. Further to it, Russia also invaded Poland. Then further, you know, Pearl Harbor was attacked by Japan Navy forces and US joined the World War II. That's how US joining the World War. But the point is that Oppenheimer was there in Berkeley that time. He was part of Crompton and uh, famous scientists of Crompton who have Crompton effect and all. So he tried to tell about the particle nature of of the electromagnetic radiation. That was his contribution. So he was heading there and Oppenheimer was in charge of the radiation laboratory and all. So that was the period when US is joining and Oppenheimer is there in the US and Oppenheimer is somehow coming from Germany, one of the specialists in quantum mechanics or quantum physics. So the turning point in most of the people's life, especially for Oppenheimer, was happening when one of his colleagues in radiation laboratory in Berkeley, he was in a barber shop, strange actually, He was hearing in wire news telling that a scientist, Otto Hahn and uh, another scientist in Germany, they invented the electro like radiation or fission. They are able to split a uranium nucleus into two by neutron bombardment. So immediately after that, he ran from that. That was the story. He ran from the barber shop. He go and tell Oppenheimer and his colleague, they have done this and Oppenheimer immediately tell it is impossible. He tried to make calculation to prove that. But Alvarez, the person who was here, this news, what he tried? He tried to create that setup in the laboratory, in Berkeley Radiation Laboratory and he proved himself. So, the immediately when Alvarez shows that in 15 minutes, Oppenheimer told that, okay, if we can split like this, if we multiply that more, we can create a bomb. So, somehow, immediately that intuition comes to his mind. That how somehow was starting there. So, American, as we mentioned, so we have this fission happening, radiation laboratory. At the same time, Leo Salad is also a scientist, Hungarian, German, American physicist, I would tell. He was having contribution in fission chain reactions and all. He was worried that Germans are going to make an atomic bomb. So he go and meet that time the scientific celebrity Albert Einstein. And he told Einstein, Could you please write a letter to Franklin D. Roosevelt, the president of the United States? And Einstein agreed with taking a lot of signatures from others and all. So, somehow you see this man, Leo Szilard, he was involving in the beginning and end of in the initial part and the later of this atomic bomb project. Somehow he's is telling to stop it, but it's he is a trigger for all of this. Like usually they used to tell that when we have an anti-war protest, that is somehow promoting that war energy. If you are telling no, if I want more, like Harvaker and even Mother Teresa was against the anti-war protest and all. So, that's was what similarly what's happening. So, Albert Einstein was not completely or directly involved on any of the atom bomb project, but he was the person who was having the trigger and he was later initiation of the same. So, Alvarez was, so immediately after receiving the letter from Einstein, Franklin D. Roosevelt introduced the Uranium Committee. That was very initial stage. But when they attacked Pearl Harbor, they went into war. That process somehow expedited or accelerated, I would tell. Later, UK or Britain, who is already involved heavily on the world war, they have a proposition called tube alloy project, which is something like a super bomb. Similar to atomic bomb project. So they are telling okay this is possible. Uranium is possible. So they were trying to contribute to the American project as well. Even Niels Bohr was a consultant that time there. So that somehow more like more and more efforts was happening. Later they come to a point where they make a Manhattan engineering district which later called as Manhattan project. So a construction I'm not sure. Call engineer, I'm a construction officer, or a person in charge for Pentagon construction. Uh, L.C. Groves. He was the. He was promoted as a brigadier, and he was given in charge for Manhattan Project. Manhattan Project is not generally one place. It has multiple places, almost 30 plus sites, 100,000 people. a Lot of resources was there. In so one of the key places like there are places in Washington and all where used to have uranium purification and plutonium like that. But the main thing which is happening in Los Alamos laboratory where all the things happening that happened because of Oppenheimer was suggesting Elsie Groves to do that. So when Leslie Groves in charge for the Manhattan Project he tried to go through have a tour in Berkeley and... So, that time, he get an opportunity to meet Oppenheimer. And Oppenheimer knows that this man is in charge for Manhattan Project, atomic bomb project. Somehow, he tried to impress him. And when we have a... He was one of the person who gave that idea, as I mentioned, idea of Los Alamos Laboratory. Because Los Alamos is one place which Oppenheimer is... know from his early childhood as well. So, that somehow culminated. So, when... Leslie Groves wanted a director for that facility, he was trying to search for multiple people. But the name come to him was Oppenheimer, naturally, but he tried to ask opinion for multiple people. Almost all people he asked opinion, they told no to that. But later on, in own conviction, Leslie Groves put him as a director. Even he was... Not getting security clearance and all because as I mentioned he was having a communist affiliation which was somehow blocking him to do that. So that was all happening that time but they started in Los Alamos. It's somehow like a desert within, between the mountain one place that's how it is but they spent a huge money for this particular place. So that area, that time they were trying to have multiple options to do. They were initially thinking, okay, we'll make it like a gun-type bomb, gun-type explosion. So it will trigger and like that. That was one idea. But that can be only done using uranium. Then another proposal was to use plutonium. But the point is that you cannot use it as a gun-type thing. It will explode. So they have to like an implosive design. Something like this. Implosive type design like that. Gun type design is something similar to this one. So that's how it is. So, But they have other concerns as well. That particular time, there was multiple ideas happening. Even there was a super bomb project by Edward Teller telling that we can make a hydrogen bomb. Hydrogen bomb somehow work in nuclear fusion. But to fusion to happen, we have to have a high temperature state which can be only achieved using fission. So plasma state and also somehow Oppenheimer was against the Teller proposal, telling that let us do this first, then we'll think about that. Then another concern happening was that whether we make this atomic bomb, whether that will get fire to the atmosphere, so that uh, atmosphere have a huge quantity of nitrogen. Will it? So such concerns happened later. They calculated and they tell no. So a lot of that ideas. It was somehow like. Lot of scientists, Fermi, Oppenheimer, Richard Feynman, lot of these people was all there in one place. So more than, it's 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 a military site for sure. Los Alamos was a military Manhattan project. But even Leslie Gross was not having a control on this. More than a military site, it is something like a scientific research resort or something like that. They call it like that, a resort. So, a lot of ideas was culminating and that, that things was happening that time. So, in 1943, Los Alamos started. Enrico Fermi, Feynman, Oppenheimer, many people were there. So, Oppenheimer considered atomic bomb projects as a culmination of three centuries of physics. Which is somehow like quantum mechanics and other things. So, as I mentioned, when the world war started, they were having more push to make it happen. Niels Bohr also joined the Los Alamos team. And when Niels Bohr come and meet Oppenheimer, he told an interesting opinion about Heisenberg. Heisenberg maybe you know if you follow. I am adding a link to another book in our channel called Something Deeply Hidden which talk about all these people. But Heisenberg is famous for uncertainty principle and all. He explained to Bohr two years ago that the, there was an actual atomic bomb project happening in Germany and he showed the pictures and other things as well a lot of things that was something like a more push to this people to accelerate their studies and all. So Bohr joined there and somehow Bohr, Niels Bohr is a person, he is famous for his Copenhagen interpretation of quantum mechanics where they'll okay the electron is there, electronics not there when you look at it it's there collapsing not going much there but he not only find complementarity in physics he found complementarity in everything in life in reasoning in lot of things so that complementarity like for example if you if you tell okay he is a father of atomic bomb that similar, similarly one point it will come that he is a man of evil or something like that will come to us right like for example adolf hitler Too much people trouble for Jews and all, but some authors find it like Neil Donald Walsh and tell that he love his people. So I am telling there is a multiple perspective for that. There is a complementarity in in um, Hindu script. They call it like a duality in in this one. Even in in Quran, Holy Quran thirty six thirty six is tell that Holy who He is, He make everything in on earth in pairs including the things you know and including the things you don't know what is known and unknown holy or grace or holiness is to that god who created everything in pairs who you know and you don't know so all of the work in was in war they were having these concerns about war whether it will be used in uh, in in war and all world war. But their mission was that they have to stop Germany from doing this. So, they have to make it before Germany. This was something like a reason. like That was somehow I think when Oppenheimer was having that influence in Gita which is telling the same a between a war between two families where Lord Krishna, the god or avatar of Lord Vishnu, he is trying to just give an opinion or motivate him to tell that okay this is right you are doing it for you a a better reason like that that's somehow that influence of that. So as I mentioned that we have two designs available at Los Alamos for the atomic bomb. First one is gun type design like this like gun type design which they used uranium isotope 235 which later become as little boy atom bomb which they drop it in I think, Hiroshima, I believe. Then another thing was about implosion bomb using plutonium, another radioactive material. But Oppenheimer was not sure it will work. So, he wanted to put it into test. Leslie Groves was somehow not interested on such testing. But as I mentioned, science rules supersede military rules in Los Alamos. So they go and make the test. That was somehow the world's first nuclear test. They the, they call the place called uh, Trinity, which, having multiple reasons, there is some some version telling that okay, Oppenheimer put it because he was he was reading Donne's Holy Sonnet, and in other places they're telling he because again go to that Hindu scripture version of three gods where. Uh, Vishnu, Shiva and Brahma have three gods. Based on that, he come across that version. Multiple versions are there. But the point is that they st- trying to go and make the test and they tested it at early morning at 5.30. And everyone including Oppenheimer, Feynman, all of these people was excited. They make a special area to make it. I will add uh, the pictures and all. So, Th- that that thing was somehow an excitement okay it worked it did not just go off like that it worked but at the same time that creates some worries for them also okay well, how what will happen if they're going to use this so that point it come to a point that they were telling okay instead of why don't we tell japan and all these people okay we have an atomic bomb will they stop war then Such things was happening. Then another version was that okay, if you want them, then they will go into make it also. So such things was also happening at that time. So when there was even in 1945, 1944, I believe, when the Trinity test happened next after some weeks, American president Holly Truman met uh, Joseph Stalin and he told about, we have an interesting weapon now. But somehow, Stalin was not showing that much interest. Or He was just telling, okay, is it? Okay, that's it. So, he was not because in 1944 itself, before that, that same time, there was a scientist spy inside Los Alamos. His name is Klaus Foch. So, they were getting information. Even later on, Oppenheimer was haunted for this transferring information which called Chevalier Affair and all but this was already happening that time so that time especially before world war and after world war after world war especially Russians was mostly like a copycat we have book in our channel called Chip War which mentioned about how they copied chips and all so that's how the position they have a test done successfully tested they have a ready-made weapon but they have two things in mind It's a dilemma now. So, after the Trinity test, Adolf Hitler got suicide later part for the World War and Germany surrendered. But Japan was still in the war. Somehow, the scientists again get afraid whether they will use the atomic bomb on Japan. So, the same person who triggered Albert Einstein to make a letter in the beginning to Roosevelt he again go and met Einstein to make another letter, not to put it on Japan. He sent it to Franklin de Roosevelt, but unfortunately, Franklin de Roosevelt passed away that time. And the letter was read by Harry Truman. And they were going to meet Oppenheimer and discussion. There was having some discussions and all. Even uh, Dwight Eisenhower. Eisenhower the military commander that time which later he become a president and all. He was also thinking we don't have to uh, somehow Japan is already at the brink of surrender. Don't have to push them or anything like that. But they were not okay with that. They decided okay we will put a bomb on Japan. So in August 6, 1945 8.14 a.m. The first gun type atomic bomb, little boy, was being dropped. So, even Oppenheimer was giving so much precise instruction. He told that don't drop it by radar, do direct dropping, don't drop it through the clouds. So, he was so much make sure that okay, my bomb should hit. And it was hit at Hiroshima, little boy and it was a big, devastating effect. Even uh, Leslie Groves called Oppenheimer later from Washington and he told it was very good, better than our our latest. After a week, a weekend after, they put another bomb called Fat Man, which is a plutonium as we discussed earlier, it's an implosive bomb in Nagasaki and Japan surrendered unconditionally and the war ended. So yes, atomic bomb killed all these people but somehow directly or indirectly that resulted in the ending of atomic But there still can be a debate. Okay, Japan was already ready to surrender. Germany already surrendered. So, Axis powers are not in place. So, what was the point of this? But somehow that happened. It has to be happened and it happened. So, after the atomic bomb Oppenheimer become a celebrity. He was even able to meet President Truman and all. And he was trying to negotiate with Truman, telling that, okay, it's an international problem, don't use it and all. They get a meeting with him. But that meeting was not at all good. Even Oppenheimer, at some point, he was having that intellectual arrogance. He used to tell to Oppenheimer President Truman that I have blood in my hands. Because President Truman was telling that, Okay, there is no chance that Soviet is going to make the bomb or anybody else. We are going to have that atomic monopoly. But somehow Oppenheimer is telling our atomic monopoly is something like ice melting under the sun. So he was not happy with it. But then that meeting somehow ended. But later, as we know, like later things happened and uh, Russians was having that Operation Joe, they that somehow changed the opinion of Truman as well. But Eisenhower government hunted Oppenheimer doing that period for this communist affiliations and all. He was having, FBI was having make report and all these things. That was somehow a haunting period for him until Eisenhower changed to John F. Kennedy become the president. They decided to Just give him Enrico Fermi Prize, which is about $50,000 and all. So, that was somehow a period where Truman to Kennedy, the Eisenhower period was somehow challenging for Oppenheimer. So, as I mentioned, yes, later on, we have Soviet was into atomic bombs, many other countries come into it, United Nations was built. Even now, if you look at the permanent members of United Nations, they were those allied members. ...who are having the World War II. So, that somehow that He was having influence on policies. But later on Oppenheimer resigned from the Los Alamos and he go and teaching the physics. He was having again working relation with Albert Einstein that time. They were having a lot of conversation. They don't, they have their own opinion but they respect each other's and all. And that's somehow the ending of that book. So, in general, uh, as I mentioned, I did not watch the movie but I'm sure Christopher Nolan have made it something better than this because this book was written in 2005 and this was an inspiration. So, he done, if you remember his movies like Inception, Tenet, I'm not a movie reviewer, so I'm not expert on that, but I'm sure it will be nice. So, feel free to read the book and after reading, if you have some getting some new insight, put it into the comments. Also, if you get a chance to watch the movie, And if you like to comment on it, please put the comment in the comment box also. Until we come across with the next book, thank you, bye, bye for now.